This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share and collaborate. Welcome to the Ian Weekly Show. This is your host, Todd DeVoe, with Dan Scott as well. Morning. Dan, how are you doing today, man? Doing well. Doing very well. Thank you. So this week we're going to be discussing COVID, right? Which seems to be like in everybody's mind right now. Um, but this is this twist to it. In California, you know, we're in the perpetual fire season. Um, in the southeast, we have hurricane season coming. Uh, you know, what do we do? with evacuations and sheltering with COVID. I think this is uh, something that we, and also, you know, how do we deal with first, how do we do with responders that are coming in, you know, into that uh, area as, as well. So Dan, what do you think? What, what, how, how can we handle this unique situation going on? Well, ultimately I think we're going to be, you know, just taking the, we're, we're going to have to do it. So we're going to take what the steps we've been taking anyway, uh, through our day-to-day um, and just implement those in sheltering. But what that means is we're going to have um, the shelters are going to be um, cut, basically cut in half on the amount of people we can put in them. Um, also, the the, the the ones who work the shelters are going to have to go through even more procedures on not only them keeping themselves safe, but also the people that they're letting in and um, how they're letting them in, the procedures they're doing, and then how they're, they're, they're spacing them out, setting up the shelters. Um, you know, and the first responders, in, as we as we mentioned, they're going through it already. And then when they you added these large these large response uh, situations, and, and it could uh, they have to basically increase what they're already doing as far as their isolation and their their body substance isolations, their cleaning and hygiene and distancing, and that's even it gets difficult. And they're sharing equipment, and uh, it someone comes positive, then they got to disinfect. It, it just goes on and on and on. So. Now we have these two things that are foisted. I was reading the other day that we are looking at having one of the um, largest hurricane seasons, right? With named storms, at least, uh, that are coming out uh, this year. And also, 2020 is on track to being the hottest and driest years on record. And they're looking at, there was no, absolutely no rain in San, uh, San Francisco and Sacramento in February. And then we had a super hot spring. We've already had fires, wildland fires, um, in the area. Matter of fact, we had one. We had one by my house uh, not too long ago, caused by uh, a, a transformer blowing up and, and caused a small uh, vegetation fire uh, by my house. You know, so I mean, these are these are real deals, right? Yeah, we've had a few down here in South County, you know. So, and you, you you throw that on top of COVID, and yeah, it's it it becomes even more of a hassle. And 2020 is on track to be a lot of things, but it's it's not on track to be one of our best years, you know, in our recorded history. Yeah, you know, it's like the wheel of death is being spun every single time, and you know where it lands on. It's like oh. a lot of memes out there. There's a lot of memes out there. <laughs> what, what's next? You know, what's who's got this for July? I, <laughs> yeah, what, what? How how is your uh, disaster bingo card being filled out? Like mine's 
Mine's looking pretty. I'm, I'm, I got a couple. The only thing I need to do on my, well, which, which we may have, because I don't know if you saw the news today, but Iran uh, is having a fire in one of their nuclear power plants. No, so, I didn't see that. Yeah, so nuclear meltdown is one of the things on my on my bingo card today, and I might be able to yell bingo here if uh, this Iranian nuclear power plant thing uh, gets out of hand. So, and we're only six months in, so <laughs> right. So, yeah, you know, we still got another six months of 2020, and who knows what what's still to bring. And we know so much is coming. Like you said, we know the hurricanes are coming. We know the fires are going to get worse. We know we could experience drought next. So, um, in, in certain places they experience, they experience drought constantly. So, um, what's next, you know, and, and how do we, how do we plan for it? But the hurricanes is, you know, and the fires and the sheltering is, is it's just, it adds one more level to what we have to do to ensure that we're keeping ourselves safe, but the community safe. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it is crazy. And we, when, and we still have to take a look at, um, you know, the regular response, to, uh, aspects of things, right. I mean, you know, we can't, we're not training right now, right. We're not doing emergency management training like we should be doing. Um, we, we can't, right. We can't bring people in. I saw a picture the other day of one of the meetings that they had with the fire service, um, regarding, uh, the, you know, just basically talking about preparing for this now for a fire season. And it was in a, a huge warehouse and they were so spread apart you know yeah. they're not sitting next to each other and that's that's just the the idea here that we have to do social distancing we have to wear our mask we have to do all this other kind of stuff um so we're not having eoc training like we had are, are we going to be prepared for responding to these significant events you know um with, without doing the traditional training that we're doing well, I think that's just it too. Is we need to adapt to the situation, and we and we are. Um, and, and what I, I just read an article um, yesterday that there are there are increases in budgeting for online education throughout the not only the education industry but throughout the the professional and and pr- private industry as well because they know that in order to keep running to keep a successful business, they're going to have to apply online technology for their businesses, for their day-to-day um, responsibilities. And that comes for the education itself. There's uh, There was a story that came out that they're going to, inve- uh, one college in general is going to invest $5 million more million in online education this next year. Well, that's, you know, that that's what we need to be doing. We need to, we need to evolve with the situation. We need to, we need to adapt to it. And our, ed- and our training is doing the same. We're seeing more webinars. We're seeing more. Um, uh, I was on yesterday, I was on a training session with, uh, I was a board of uh, individuals for an hour and a half uh, based on, on uh, higher institutions of higher education and, and uh, the steps they're taking for uh, the reopening um, for even increased presence of, because you got the essential services, right? You got the police academies, you got the EMT academies, you got the nursing schools, and they that requires them to be on campus. So how are we going to adapt to that, and how are we going to um, increase, you know, our productivity as people come back to campus? But also, how does that inter- interfere with your your uh, capabilities of like your public safety departments, your police departments on these campuses and in general? Because uh, it, it, on the on the call and on the board, I was you know listening to it was. If someone gets gets positive um, with COVID, they end up 
they end up having to like disinfect the vehicles they use, the equipment they use. Um, they have to trace it, all the people they came in contact, which shifts overlapped. These are all things that we have to now, that we now have to worry about um, that we, that, that could shut out, shut down a full shift if people have to self quarantine. So what do you do with the people, right? Like, so, and what happens if that happens in our responses, we're talking about with hurricanes and we're sheltering and, and we have people that test COVID. How, how do we respond to that? How do we self quarantine? How do we quarantine the individuals that may be uh, positive and seeking and seeking shelter? These are all things that we're going to have to adapt to. And it's difficult because it's just as the situation is ever evolving and just as emergency management in general, and we talk about this being simple gummy, right? Being flexible, being able to adapt. This, and we're being tested right now yeah, uh, on how fast we can adapt to situations. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because we can't even really do testing, right? When we bring because it takes a couple of days for the test to get back and whatnot. I mean, and and the idea of this is the weird thing about this disease, right? Is that we we're doing this whole thing with temperature checks and all this other stuff, and I, I don't want to call it BS, but um, the you could actually have COVID you could be shedding and not have a temperature. Yeah. Asymptomatic. That's what right. they're calling it. They're eight, you're asymptomatic. And, and surprisingly enough on this call yesterday, that's what they said. They said the officer uh, that they, that came in was asymptomatic, didn't have any symptoms, but when he tested, he tested positive and then they had the back trace. He had no, they were doing the, the temperature checks. They were doing the questionnaires, but he had no symptoms. So that, that's, that poses a risk as well. You know, and there's also, I mean, social media is what it is and, and, you know, paying attention to what's going on there. There are so many people that are out there that are opposed to having trace tracking. They think it's some sort of, you know, constitutional infringement on their rights. They, they're opposed to testing or they're opposed to not being tested or, you know, I mean, it's like all over the place regarding where the populace is. And now you're going to bring them into, say, a shelter and say, okay, we're going to have to test you. We're going to do this or we're going to track you. Um, you know, are, are we going to have compliance with people coming into shelters uh, that do not want to be tested? Which is just, with situations like that, we find that it's easier to get compliance because if they don't do it, they don't get shelter. But in general, every day you got someone complaining about something. No one's happy about everything, right? It's, <laughs> it's against it's against our constitutional. You keep us at home. You're denying us. You're 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 making us wear a mask. You can't make us do that. How can you make us wear a mask and you can't make them pull up their pants? You hear all this different stuff, right? There, nobody's happy about everything. That's just the way it is. People are there. There. Once we get a vaccine, how many people have we heard say, "Well, once we get a vaccine, I'm not going to take a vaccine." So they, or they say, well, the, 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 it's going to be like the flu where you don't even, you got a 50, 50 shot that the vaccine's going to work, even if you get it. So no one's ever going to be hundred percent happy. It's just trying to, like you said, adapt to the situation and do the best we can in the moment. And, um, when those situations arise, we have to work that moment. We also, as emergency managers, we're thinking out, you know, we're thinking like we're, we're thinking out for the rest of the year. We're thinking out for the next couple of years. How are we <laughs> recovering from this? You know, are these, the, is this, and I, and in, in our conversation yesterday, you, you mentioned something, you said the new normal, right? New normal, the new normal. Yeah. So then this is the same, that's the same term they use for terrorism after nine 11. We're in the new normal, the, the anthrax attacks, the, I mean, the, the Boston marathon, the, the, you know, these are the, it's the new normal, right? Well, now we're dealing with COVID the new normal. So it, it would be surprised what you can get used to when you got to deal with it all the time. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a theory that's out there called the Overton window, right? I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. I'm so not actually. It's, it's the idea is this, is that there's a a window that slides, right? And it'll tell you, um, basically, you know, this is where we are today, 
All right. And then you slide it over a little bit and this is where we're going and incrementalism. And so like the idea would be, um, not to get political here, you know, I'm just trying to show you this as an example is, is the idea of, um, uh, we'll do, we'll do nine 11, right? The idea of security at your, um, at your airports, right? When I was a kid, when we were kids, Daniel, I mean, we could walk right up to the gate say goodbye to our family members. Yeah. You can walk your family to the gate and watch the plane back away and leave. Yeah. I mean, I remember waiting for a friend of mine who I was picking up from the airport and I was actually sitting in the waiting chairs by the gate, waiting for him to get off the plane. Right. You know, so, but now if, if we see people just walking around the airport, it's kind of, or I would say see people, but like security, I suppose that aren't really part of a plane. You're going, huh, what's going on with that guy? I mean, like I had to bring my son who was a, a minor to the airport and I had to get a special ticket to go back there so that I could walk him to the gate, you know? So, but that's no one box at that anymore. Right. It's, it's the new normal, right? It's the new normal. Yeah. If, if we did this when I was, you know, 17, 18 years old and just the next day we had to do that, everybody would lose their mind, but they, they all know this is the proper thing to do. So I get that. So we're moving that window, you know, over a little bit. So people get used to, to being tested and wearing masks and stuff. Um, but I mean, you, you know, it, it is, it is what it is. And, and I was having a conversation with somebody regarding, um, people from Asia, right. And in, in, in Asia, not, not people living here from Asia, but the fact that like, it's a norm for them to, in Japan, China, so forth, um, to have a mask on when they get sick. Right. And when you walk, if you, if you've ever been, I've, I lived in Japan, it was, it, they really easy that people put masks on when they feel ill or, or whatever the situation is, or if they don't want it during cold season. And again, it's normal. No one's like, Oh, that guy's wearing a mask. It's weird. And now you, when you see people walking around without a mask today, you go, oh, that's weird. Why they they should have a mask on, you know? So I, I think our, our attitudes here in the United States are going to shift to where that does become during the flu season during whatever, during cold season, that you wear a mask, either if you are sick or you want to avoid getting sick. Well, it's so new. That's the whole thing is this with, at least with COVID, you know, it's new with COVID, but ultimately it should be, it should be related to the flu. And, you know, it happens every year, right? And everybody gets sick and they pass it, pass it along. But ultimately we got, it's a mindset that we, we, as a, as, as people, we, we have a short-term memory as, as Americans. Anyway, we have a very short-term memory as a culture. And uh, we look at that and we say, yeah, what, what is it? Is it good to wear a mask in cold and flu season? Sure. Yeah. What's even better is not to go outside when you're sick, (laughs) not to go to work when you're sick. Well, and we as a culture do that. I'm guilty of it. I've yeah. done it. You know, I felt bad, but I knew I needed to get stuff done at work. So I went to work. That's as cool. That's a, that's a mindset we do need. And in a lot of the things that are changing with, you know, sick leave and the COVID and you're giving them more sick leave. And that's, that's, that's a great thing. I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, and there's a lot of people, uh, and I found this, uh, even and we're, you know, in many different areas, but they, they only get so many sick days and they're afraid to use them. So, because they only got so many. They can't, Absolutely. you know, I mean, if you're sick for a week, you use all your sick time. You don't have any more. So these are things that we got to think about too. Hey, when we, let's go to a quick uh, break right now. And when we come back, I want to discuss this a little bit more about shifting the culture and, and especially in emergency management and fire and police, where we tend to be a little bit more knuckleheaded and, and uh, come to work sick. I'm so happy to be introducing our newest sponsor, Vanquest Tough Build Gear. VanQuest was founded with a simple mission 
build the toughest bags and packs for your everyday carry and help you stay organized and prepared. MagQuest has been making the ultra durable bags and packs since 2011 right here in Orange County, California. And their bags and packs have been trusted by clients such as the FBI and the U.S. Secret Service and U.S. Special Operations Command. VanQuest bags and packs offer the best organization and user-friendly experience such as high visibility interior for users to find the essential gear quick. I'm telling you, that's such a great addition because I'm always looking for stuff in my bags and that orange background makes it so easy to find. You know, VanQuest is offering fast shipping and a lifetime warranty. And if you act now, you can get 5% off by using the discount code EMWEEKLY, all capitals. VanQuest has the expertise to help you stay organized and prepared. And don't forget, VanQuest.com. Seconds count during an emergency. That's why at Titan HST, we connect people with the latest technology possible, whether it's mesh networking, augmented reality, or real-time translation, allowing people who need help to find help immediately. Better matters because lives matter. Hey, everybody. Thank you for bearing with us. We're changing um, a little bit of the way we're doing things here. Obviously, we have Daniel here as being um, a co-host on the show. And, um, it, you know, so it's all, it's all good. Uh, oh, and the, the ad did go out. So that's, that's a good thing. Uh, Daniel and I are both learning this, this whole thing. So it's awesome. So, okay, we'll talk about that's a good Good segue, actually. Talk about being knuckleheads, and sometimes um, you're right. Uh, it's been tradition where when you're sick, you, to show how tough you are, you know, you come to work and you're sniffling and sneezing and you're and you're dying under your desk, and people you tough it out, right? People force you to go home, and you're like, you know, you got blood coming out of your eyes and your nose, and you're just like, ah, I got, I, yeah, I got I'm this. fine. I can deal with this, right? We're fine. We're tough, right. right? Just tough it out. I got it. I'm okay. I'll sleep it off. You know. Right. And, and <laughs> you rub some dirt in it, you know, you know, and, and, but that we're doing everybody a disservice with this, right? We're doing ourselves a disservice because we're not healing quicker. We're doing our family a disservice because we're probably getting them sick and exposed. And uh, we're doing our coworkers a disservice because we're, we're getting them exposed and we're doing the public a disservice because we're not on our A game. Right. Um, I, think that's in, I think that's instilled with us too. And, and, and some of it is individual. Some of it is like, nah, I'm okay. I'll do, you know, I can, I can deal. But then there's others. It's a, it's a mindset depending on where they, where they work. Like, you better not call off sick. If you, you know, if you, if you can get through the day, don't call off sick. So, you know, you get that mentality too. say, well, if I call off, I don't want to get in trouble. If I right. call off sick, what if they think I'm lying? Yeah. You know, that kind of, you know, so it's a, it's a, it, everybody has a different viewpoint on it, but whether or not you're lying or not, if you're, if you don't feel well, don't come to work, don't put others at risk. You know, it spreads that quickly. If you are going to go out in public, why not wear a mask if you're sick right? or if you're afraid of getting uh, sick from someone else? Well, um, well, let's talk about, let's, let's talk about a, a, a switch in, in the management of, of this, of, of our employees, right? It used to be when you called off sick, uh, from your um, from your job that you needed to bring in a doctor's note to, yeah, to, yeah. Prove, that, to prove that you're sick, right? It's like, all right, Daniel, you know, you, you called off sick. You better go to the doctor and, and get a doctor's note, you know, which forces you to go to the doctors, right, and, and whatnot. Now I think it's going the other way to where if you call off, if you call off sick, you, you almost need to go to the doctor to, to prove that you're okay to go to go back to work. You know, it's is too. I mean, it, it, you know, they're saying if you, if any reason you feel that you're unsick and you feel sick enough that you need to stay home, well, we want medical clearance to say you can come back to work. And, you know, and even if those have said, oh, I think I might have COVID. Well, now you got to go get tested and you got to get clearance before you come back to work. 
because now we have to know. Right. Uh, so these these are these are things that now we have to, you know, we have to take into account now. It's a, the the new normal. So let's talk about the new normal here and some of the things that are changing specifically here in emergency management that we've we've gone through. And I know we talked about it a couple times or at least alluded to it, where you know we have gone from the emergency operations center to being an actual physical place where everybody goes. And even though for years we've been moving into the virtual space with different products that are out there, whether it be uh, WebEOC or Viochi or those things that where you can actually manage um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, I don't want to leave anybody out. Buffalo Graphics has a has a program called uh, DLAN, right? Those programs that are out there that uh, uh, you you can do virtual EOCs. And before it was kind of used in a way for EOC to EOC communication, right? In Orange County, California, where I where I work, you know, you would go in, you log into the web EOC. That way, you could kind of see what everybody else is doing in the county, help share resources, and communicate that way. But that being said. During COVID, we've seen emergency operations centers working completely, um, completely uh, uh, web-based. Right? Um, you know, they're everybody's working from home. Maybe one or two people are are at the command post or whatever. You know, we've seen doctors moving into virtual uh, telemedicine. Uh, you know, Kaiser, where I where I use Kaiser. Um, you know. You can't even get an appointment now, but you can go online and you can get your virtual appointment for different things. Not everything, uh, but for various different uh, elements that you're feeling. So are we going to see a shift or have we seen a shift? Let me rephrase it. Have we seen a shift to where we're going from traditional going to the EOC to it's okay to be virtual and online? And can we seriously manage an event virtually? I think it, it, it definitely depends on the situation, but I think a lot of things get done in the room. So I, I don't think we'll, I don't think you'll ever, I mean, the, the tool is great, but I don't think you'll ever, ever truly do be able to do the work as well, unless you're in the same place, the EOC working online and in, in a situation where it's not going off and it's not hitting the wall is, is a little different, like, you know, a pandemic versus, you know, you got a fire going on or you got an earthquake that just happened or um, you have the hurricanes that coming in and you need to be working, the, working it actively. I think that that changes the scenario. Um, will more go online? Yes. Can more be done remote? Yes. Can we separate things out? Sure. Um, but the communication aspect of it can fall apart. Um, if, if where everybody's separated and mm -hmm. I think keeping it, um, so we need to keep that in mind, you know, is it, is it doable? Sure. All the time. I don't believe so. And, and what situation does keep COVID in mind, right? I, I understand that if we're disease free, that, you know, this is all mute's point, but in what situation with the, with COVID being in the back of our head, you know, where would you have a, say we today we have a large fire. Right. Um, can we manage the fire from the EOC point? Not not the ground guys, right? Not the ICP, but the EOC manager portion of it. Can we do that remotely? Uh, you know, that's that's the thing is 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 being able to turn to the people that to the right and left of you and, and see what and see what's going on. Ask them how things are happening. Get those reports uh, in communications. If they go down remotely, is not going to work. Mm hmm. 
you got to be in the same place, knowing what each other's doing, knowing how you can support each other. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a capable, it's capable in situations where it's not, where you don't have an active situation, but yeah, fire going and you need to support that fire. I 100% believe you need to be in an EOC. So Dan, you, you, and, and just going to put this back on the, on the decision-making hat, you are um, the emergency manager, right? For your area. All right, yeah, and you have to make the decision to open up that EOC or not. What considerations are you now taking to decide if you're going to activate the EOC to say like a level one? Well, it depends on how you know where where it's, where the number one the the incident has taken place. Two is where the the resources are coming from. Am I going to be the one that's supporting those resources? Am I just monitoring the situation? Uh, well, how I, I, how, how the go- levels that we activate? Level one could be. You know, and it's different everywhere. I mean, so uh, level one, but ultimately, the, what am I going to do to 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 make it so that the people that are coming to the EOC are safe? Are you you're wearing masks? You're you're doing the temperature checks, and this is happening all over the country. People that are still using their EOCs that are activated to a level one or level three, depending on, on what skill you use. Um, but when you come come in, uh, you are getting you're getting a, a quick questionnaire test you are wearing a mask when you're inside you're you're being some places are requiring gloves others are requiring regular sanitation so it it all it all varies you want to do if i was if it was me and i was opening up my eoc i'm going to do the best i can to protect everybody that's inside that eoc that's coming to work that eoc for their for their personal safety and for mine um so yes um and so now going back to that right do you do trace tracking completely right well, it depends on some, if someone comes, you know, that's, they don't really trace track unless uh, someone's sick and someone comes in c- contact with sick. And even then, uh, the county has, you know, the county versus the, the, the organization have different, um, different uh, ways they do, they do something when they trace track. So, so in, in incidents that I heard yesterday on the call was, well, the county said we didn't have to send people home and have them self-quarantine. They said, just make them wear masks since they came in contact with that individual. And the organization said, well, I'm just going to, we're going to send them home anyway. So they sent them home, but the county, because they have their guidelines on how they trace it, how uh, if someone was, was not only symptomatic, but were they contagious, uh, with the people they came in contact with. These are all things that they work with when people come in with when they designate that they've been tested positive. But just because, you know, you're activating doesn't mean there's going to be even need for trace tracing because did anybody even test positive? I mean, I've been doing this now and, I, uh, you know, my team that I got, I got 30 officers that I, that I, I monitor. Nobody on my team's gotten sick because of, the, you know, a lot of that can be with the, with the, the new policies and procedures we put in place with making sure that they're washing their hands or wearing gloves or wearing masks, they're sanitizing that either they're wiping things down constantly after every shift before and after their shift. So these are all things you can, you can count You can bring into the, the mix as far as how do, are we, are we putting it off? Are we keeping it away? Um, if it does happen, how, then how do we trace it? And that, and that's all relying on your County health. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, I think that's like one of those things that people have to get used to as well, though. But, uh, you know, wiping down their workspace after they're done or before. I, I would say both sides, right? You know, you wipe it down after you're done because you're a good person. And then you, you come in behind Daniel because uh, you're not sure if you, you know, did wipe it down or not. And you wipe it down yourself just to kind of make sure that you're done. So if it gets done twice, it's not a bad thing necessarily. What we do here and that's and it's uh, you wipe it down, when you come in and you, they could have watched the the person right that was coming off a shift wipe it down. They're still required to wipe it down themselves. So you're, you're getting that double layer um, of, of 
disinfection with all the equipment that's being used, uh, vehicles, uh, radios, keys, whatever it may be, uh, computers, phones. Uh, this is this is a, a mandate. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask one kind of uh, just general question here, and we'll, we'll end it up on this one here. And out there to everybody who's listening, I think this is something that we have to consider. What role does emergency management play in keeping the responders up to date and safe on COVID? I, I believe 100%. Like our role as an emergency manager is, is you know, to support and coordinate and, and keep our responders safe. That's, that's our role. Like, so uh, not only are we trying to keep the community safe, but we gotta, we gotta worry about our responders because our responders are the ones keeping the community safe. They're the ones out there responding to the situation at hand. And we need to be playing that, keeping them safe, whether it be from a, from a a physical hazard or a hazard such as an illness that, that we are facing right now and how we do that um, directly will implicate how they can respond to the community itself. If we have, like I said, if you have somebody go down and then they have to take shifts down, um, that takes people out of the field that can have, able to respond to these things. We're, we're, we're hurt, not only hurting the responders, we're hurting the community for the lack of responders. Absolutely. Well, Daniel, you know, it's always great talking to you. You know, I really appreciate everything that, uh, that you do. I hope that, uh, you know, you're keeping those responders that work for you, uh, uh, safe and, and sound. And uh, I'll see you guys all next week. And don't forget, right? Please subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Uh, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, you know, wherever else you can find it. And always, stitchradio.com. And we will see you next week.